thanks for making the trip out. Oh, thanks for having me. To Cali. What you're uh you're from uh, originally from Colorado? No, I'm from Virginia Beach. Okay. Yep. Yeah, when did you move out to Colorado? My parents moved out there my last year of high school. So I finished high school, went to college in Gunnison, uh ninety to ninety five. And uh then I moved back to Virginia Beach in 95. Nice. Why don't, uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself real quick? Uh, go by Ganny Farmer on Instagram. Um, um, just longtime grower. Um, traditional market. Traditional market, definitely. Um, they have a moratorium where I live, so I haven't been able since I got there to to get licensed unless I left like four hours out into the sticks and I just don't want to do that. Um, yeah. You, you've been growing since 91. Yeah. So a sophomore year in college, first time living off camp or, you know, away from home off campus, had a little house, bag seed, dirt, drop down bulbs, fluorescence, not drop down, but like literally bulbs. Um, and back then it was, you know, it was hard to find weed back then. You had to go on a hunt, a real hunt. And so, you know, using bag seed. Um, so you were using fluorescence, not even HPS or mm -hmm. metal highlights? No, not yet. Not yet. I did about 93, 94, got the old uh, parking lot. It was like a black HPS and had it hardwired. But I didn't get my first light 400 until 96, so you're a, you're a sophomore in college or sophomore in college. How old were you? About 20, 20, 20. And, uh, the house didn't have heat and they put uh, saran wrap on the windows. It's at 7,700 feet. Gunnison, Colorado, second coldest place in the nation. We had space heaters, had a comforter on the front door and had it with leaky faucet. And it created this, it created VPD in the house because it was the leaking and the heat mixed together and the plants just went crazy. But I don't think we ever had anything go longer than maybe six, seven weeks because we were just picking it off. You know, we couldn't find nugs and we're putting them in the toaster oven, you know, smoking them <laughs> back then. So 91 to 95 was all just hobby. You know, I didn't know what I was doing really. Um, didn't have any metal halides or HPSs. We just, well, figuring out the information that you were given, because there was no information as far as indoor cultivation in 91 that I know of. No. Was, was there anything? No. I and mean, it was hard to find high times. Anytime the hydro additions would come out, I would get them. But it was like, you had to go on a hunt to find a high times. It was in a, a novelty bookstore hidden up next to Hustler or something, you know? And it was hard to find them back then. So, but I would get those and, you know, just read them and read them. And so when I finally was able to, when I moved back to Virginia Beach, that was when I got, you know, there was only the one company really, Hydroform, you know, and Hydroform used to sell this flood and drain table with everything in it, rock wool, pH tester, um, you know, the timer, everything included. And it was perfect. You know, when I got that, I would buy two of those systems and a 1000. And I just started, that's how I started kind of, and growing bigger and bigger using those. Now that was what ninety. That was ninety. That was ninety six when I got those. When I moved back to Virginia Beach, and the, all the from ninety one to ninety five, just a hobby. But like I don't just grow. Back then I was, you know, I moved a lot of swag. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. 
So it was all coming from Max. I had a good connect starting in like 92. And if you were in Gunnison from 92 to 95, it more than likely sold by me. I used the Pizza Hut guys to deliver. <laughs> and uh, I just ran with it like that. I used to get these, these, these peas for like 3,000. And they were like these, I mean, it was horrible weed, but it was lime green with purple hairs and people just would go crazy over it. Do you, do you know the genetics that you started off with? I mean, you obviously had to go with bags of, you know, seeds that you found in bags of weed. Not before 96. Not, after I got to Virginia Beach, I do, because I knew it was there. There's a strand there called, uh, they call it VB Ganny now. We just called it Ganny. And it's, uh, it came So you out. had your own, your own, your own strain. Yeah, not mine though, but in Virginia Beach or Norfolk or in that area, that was the strand that we had. And it was, uh, it came out of Eastern Kentucky in the late eighties by the cornbread mafia, supposedly. And it has a distinct smell. It's not like any other Ganny. It has a real weird <laughs> nose on it. And but it's couch lock. It's really good. It would sell, you know, top dollar. Was Ganny a popular strain name back then? And for there, yeah, you just say Ganny. You don't say VB Ganny. You don't say VA Ganny. It's just Ganny. You just want Ganny. Yeah, it was just Ganny. Back then and mm -hmm. before 96 or? This was, yeah, 96 to, you know, even now I still have it. But you still have that genetic. Yep, I still have it. And it doesn't like LEDs, but yeah. You, you still cultivate it to this day. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's how is the flower? It's not what, you know, in my mind, if I didn't have it, I would be like, oh, it was the shit, but it's not. You've kept it all these years and kept it going? Well, my boy has, you know, I have okay. three or four friends that still have it and I just would go back and get it because I've moved you, and over the years or whatever. So it's almost 30 years mm -hmm. that you've had that genetic. Mm -hmm. We need to get you a, a, a tissue culture kit. Yeah, I know. Oh, save you some time. <laughs> yeah, I definitely need it for sure to clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's been around. But back then also we had uh, NL and Hindu Kush. I had a, a, a partner in about 96, 97 when, and he had a good connect. This guy was an ex-professor at a UNC. He lived in Knott's Island and he could really grow and he had all the genetics. And I, when I partnered up with my guy, he would, he got it for us. And that was the, you know, that was key. I wish I still had all those, all those, but I no longer have that. Where's Knott's Island? It's just over the border. So Virginia Beach is like 30 minutes from North Carolina and Knott's Island's in North Carolina. It's on the very east. You can't even get to it by North Carolina mainland without ferry, but you can drive through Pungo, Virginia and come into Knott's Island. It's a real small community. It sits almost below sea level, real marshy. What, and he was a professor? He was an ex-professor. We used to call him the professor and he looked like Jerry Garcia. I don't think he's alive anymore. This was, you know, 96, 97, 98. And, uh, yeah, he grew, you know, and we, and he used to get weed. My guy met him, his wife, because he was hitchhiking. And so he made that connect. And so when me and him partnered up, um, he, I, you know, that was one of the keys is he had extra money, uh, the connect on the genetics and he actually had another place. And so, Easily, I don't like to partner up with too many people. And he was, you know, to be honest, he was a Coke dealer. So, <laughs> which is sketchy because, you know, I don't want to mix those two things when you're, obviously when you're doing this, especially back then. And it got to a point where I was like, um, we, uh, I would, I, I ran the grow and he never went to it. Like I, I can remember I was, I had to come home to Colorado for a week at Christmas and he had been on a bender for a while and he, he shot the gun off in the grow. He's like, bro, he didn't tell me until I get back. He's like, man, 
I want to tell you I messed up. And he's like, he looks up. He's like, I shot the gun off. I was like, what are you playing with the gun for, bro? He's like, you know, it's like, but nothing came of it. So it was cool. But I remember that, that, that apartment specifically went through a hurricane, um, which was gnarly because the power was going off and on. Um, the landlord would come in once a month, which was crazy because I would sit on the top of the stairs and be like, you know, he would say my wife and kid are sleeping and I was at the top of the stairs. So if they tried to come up there, you know, I, I was going to, I was going to go on. I mean, that, in that time, we only had two 1000s and we were using BX Pro Mix. I was buying most of my stuff at a feed and seed store. What fertilizer at the time? Were General you, Hydroponics. That part. was the only thing that yes, was the out there. the only thing. No, there was no Kabloom <clears throat> or their PK booster. You know, CalMag wasn't even a thing. Or They Cocoa. just had three-part alone. Three-part alone. That's it. And then no additives. No additives. Yeah. Uh, I think their Kabloom or whatever their PK booster came or liquid kabloom came a little bit after, like towards the late nineties. The, um, I mean, the legality back in, in early nineties, I mean, that was even before any kind of legalization, how. It, yeah. in Virginia too is like, it's the Bible belt. We have, I mean, they outlawed churches at one point cause there were so many. That's where Pat Robinson is the 700 club. I mean, so they really are a stickler. I mean, I figured I was going to do three to eight if I ever got caught, you know? They just legalized uh, July of 2021. And my boys that are still kind of messing around, they don't, they won't go to the pop-ups or sessions or they still, you know, they won't talk on the phone still. Did it, you have any close calls? I have had a bunch of close calls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had in 95, before I left Gunnison, my roommate from my freshman year was doing an internship for the sheriff's department. And at that time I was slinging a lot of, a lot of bud, like I said, and I had set up, I was living with my girlfriend and she had a basement in this house that she owned. And I had actually polyed it off and was about to set up the grow. And he came to me and goes, Hey man, you, uh, you need to leave. You know, you're going to have some issues. And I was like, well, and he's like, I was like, all right, bro, I appreciate it packed up my car and hauled ass, went next morning, got on the plane, went back to Virginia beach. And that was July of 95. Man, that's gnarly. Yeah. And so, and then, so 95 to into 2002, I'm growing and I have two, two different places and I never stay more than 11 months in one spot because, and I don't have, you know, I, there's maybe three or four of us that kind of have something similar, but those are all a lot smaller than mine. And we kind of share cuts and we, we share trimming. So between that, but it was, you know, I, to this day when my doorbell rings, I'm, you know, I'm cell shocked. And before they didn't even have can't carbon filters until 2005, 2006. I didn't. So when I would go rent a place, these townhomes, I would get up in the attic and make sure it had a, a cement firewall or a block firewall to help. But Sometimes they have a, like a 16 inch soffit that they put and the, the smell would get in there. You know what I mean? And it reeked. So, you know, you're burning bacon and incense, but it's trying to hard to mask the smell back then. What was about cultivation that, that drove you? I mean, I like to smoke, but you know, as I started to grow, I, I mean, I just liked everything about it. You know, you start out with this little plant and it grows big and it produces this huge bud. And then also just people's reaction to it, you know, like, oh, bro, this shit's so good or, you know, so and it's, it's, you know, just really social for me as far as that went and, and, and just sharing the whole experience with people. Yeah, I think 
it seems like people are driven by different things. You either have, you know, you could get got somebody that's really into cannabis mm-hmm. or there's other people that are really into cultivation and they really like cultivating plants, but it seems like you're on both aspects yeah, of the I spectrum. Mean, I like, you know, it's just like growing your own food type thing. Um, I, I really did enjoy it. Um, and I can remember even before I was just reading as much as I could out of the high times, you know, any of those, those hydro, like I said, I would just go through and read them. And then when that grow Bible came out, I think in 05, that was huge. Who was it by? I forgot. So George Cervantes. Is that who it was? You I mean, know, I mean, I mean, it had a reference for everything in there. You could just be like, Oh, you know, bugs or, yeah. you know, root rot or whatever. You, you had some answer for it. So there was a, something to go to. When did you move uh, to Colorado? Now? Yeah. Or when did you move from Virginia and then you... So, okay. I, so I'm in Virginia Beach from 95 to the end of 2002. I was like, all right, bro, I'm going to, let me take some time off. Took all my <clears> grow <throat> shit, put it in storage unit and moved to San Diego. Before I get to San Diego, I go to Australia for a month. I surf. So surfing's a huge part of where I live. So I go to Australia for a month with my dad. I take an ounce of Gany with me, but I don't vacuum seal it. Take sleeping pills, get on the flight to LAX, go to Sydney. I get off the flight at Sydney, walking off the jetway. A beagle comes running and jumps on my leg. I look up, like eight officers in blue suits are coming to me. I'm like, oh, fuck. Damn, this is early 2000. This is uh, November 20th, 2002. Yeah, that was, especially in Australia. Yeah, at the last minute I'd switched. I'd been in OB at my boy's house and I was going to put it on the rail of my surfboard. And he was like, bro, you got to put that on you. And I was like, so glad I did because, but the, the guy was really cool. He was like, you know, he pulled me aside from and my dad's with me. My dad was a high ranking Navy. He was an admiral and he's always been against weed. I mean, it might as well have been uh, PCP or angel dust because in his eyes, you know, he's 84 years old now. He's cool now. But at that time he's, you know, he grew up in that reefer madness. He doesn't, I might as well be a murderer for him, you know? But the guy pulled me aside. He's like, hey, did you smoke before you left? I go, yeah, I smoked mad joints. He goes, oh, mate, that's probably what it is. I'm like, cool. Took me took me over, x-rayed all my surfboards, skateboard, all my clothes, went through every piece of thing, shaking it. Um, at the last minute, he's like, I'll lift up your shirt, you know? And I had boxers on with biker shorts and it was up underneath my biker shorts. And he's like, oh, mate, you're good, go. You know, after like 45 minutes. And I held steady because I wasn't like, you know, I was like, Phew. Dude, close call. Yeah, real close. That's life changing. Yeah, and then I get to my family's friend about an hour and a half north, and he goes, "Dude, what are you what are you doing? You can't bring nothing through that airport. What do you got?" <laughs> you <laughs> know what I mean? I gave it to him. He's like, "Oh my god, that's so good." But yeah, I was like, "Fuck, bro." And then uh, so then I'm I get back, whatever. I settle into San Diego. I get a place in PB and surfing every day and. Southern California surfing is the shit. You know, I mean, my whole life you grew up reading Surfer Magazine, all these spots from Swamis to Blacks to, you know, Imperial Beach to Lowers to all the way up to Zuma Beach. You know, I mean, all these spots. And so I'm surfing. I'm starting to go through money. Biggest mistake I made was probably not bringing my genetics and my gross stuff with me because I'm going through money. Now it's like March of 03. I'm like, fuck, bro, I need to make some money. And uh, my boy's whatever. He's moving weight, weight sometimes. So I, I take, I get like 25 pounds, 10's his or 15's his, 10's mine. And I drive across country, but I had this weird feeling before I leave. I'm like, fuck, you know, should I, I'm just weird gut feeling, which I should have went with. And I didn't, it's taken three days to get the right rental car. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just grab this one. I grab a black uh, Nissan Maxima with Minnesota plates. 
drive. And, and I mean, Nevada back then was gnarly. Nevada was gnarly. They would, you know, you don't be caught with nothing. So I'm making it through. I'm seeing cars pulled over in Nevada. I'm seeing cars pulled over in Colorado. I'm on 70. I get, I get to DIA. And I'm like, man, I should switch rental cars. You know, I says, well, I'm like, fuck it, Rob. I've been driving a day and a half. Let me just keep going. Get like halfway through Kansas. I look, I see a black unmarked state patrol going uh, westbound. He's going like 100 and some miles an hour moving. I'm like, damn, that's scary. And I'm doing 71 in a 70 cruise control. I'm not smoking. Everything's vacuum sealed. Look at my rear mirror 20 minutes later, and this dude's coming up on me so fast, and I can see him. You know what I mean? I'm looking in the rear mirror, he's just coming. He gets and he just like almost, you know, just locks it up and sits on my corner for 15, 20 minutes. I go to make a lane change and he pulls me. Gosh, bro. You know, he's got the dog with him too. Dog's going haywire. Haywire. Comes in, he's asked me all these questions, like, where are you going? What are you doing? All this. I'm like, just on my way out east, you know, and I have a, I have a one-way rental. Things look sus. This guy's, you know, and he's like, uh, he keeps me for a while. And then he's like, can I look in the trunk? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead, look in the trunk. I had a skateboard back there. And he's like, uh, I need it. He walked the, uh, the dog around the outside too. They don't need permission to that, you know, he walked it. He goes, my dog's hitting on your car. Uh, I, go, I don't know what to tell you, right? He's probably hungry. And the guy was a dick. I mean, he really was, he was just on me. And he's like, uh, I need to search your inside of your car. And I'm like, I got to go, bro, you know? And finally, he just kept me there so long that I'm like, Shh, whatever. He, you know, he's like, I was like, all right, go ahead, bro. And he went through, sees the weed, you know, pulls a gun, has me out in the middle of the highway, looking spread eagle. I'm like, fuck, bro. I think this is crazy, you know? And really, you know, I mean, I can do jail. It's not a big time. I mean, now it's the time because I can make money. I can't make time. But, you know, the, probably the hardest call in the world is calling my dad. You know what I mean? I'm just sitting in jail in the middle of Kansas. But, you know, they try to get you like, like they're, they're driving me in to the one station. They're weighing it. And then they're, and he's trying to talk to me like, hey, bro, three and leave, three and leave. And I'm, I'm not really paying attention because I'm kind of shook. And then this, he's still saying it. Then we get to the place and they bring in a federal officer and they're like, all right, man, you want to go on your way? Just give us three names and you can leave. And I was like, I'll tell you what, bro, give me my weed, an hour and a half head start, and I'll give you some names. John Doe, Jane Doe, whatever. That's going to just, they're not going to give me my weed. I know. And he's like, we can't do that. And I was like, well, hurry up and book me so I can get out of this shithole. And, and now I'm mad. I don't even care now. Now I'm so angry. And then I'm sitting in there. So, and they, uh, you know, like there's a, they have me in a one-way door before they put me in uh, public, uh, what's it called, uh, general population. And a door swing, and there's like a guy with a mirror, and he's like trying to mess with me already. I'm like, oh, fuck, bro. I got my orange jumper on and my flip-flops. What is he, how do you, what do you mean, fuck with you? He's sitting in his cell, yeah. and yeah. he's using a mirror to, to look around the corner, and he's trying to talk to me as this door's open, and I'm sitting in this cell. I'm not put in yet. They're waiting until after dinner to put me in. And so... Uh, I'm just like, oh, bro, this guy's already fucking with me, and I don't know what's going to happen when I get in there. And, I mean, I'm 6'6", 200 pounds. I train martial arts at this time already four years. So I'm like, you know what? I'm ready. I put my thing around, tie it around my waist. I'm like, whatever's going to happen in here, I'm, let's go. So whatever they put me in, and I got to duck three times just to get in the thing because I'm like, shh, 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 shh. And then I get in there, and it's like everyone's, they're all there either for meth or domestic, domestic abuse. So whatever, I'm in there for like six, seven days. You know, and I know none of my friends are going to answer the phone. 
You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, everyone's like, tripping. Oh, yeah. In early 2000s, and you got hit in Kansas. In Kansas. Kansas of all places. And Kansas is still gnarly. Yeah, it's if, still not legal. If you look down the line, it's like 70, 80, 40, 50. It's North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska. It's like the last Kansas, state. Oklahoma, and Texas. And that whole thing is still pretty gnarly, except Oklahoma. It's the last state you want to get hit in. Yeah, and they still don't like it. Anyway, that I get I get booked in there, and there's a kid in there, and his dad's a city manager, He's like, hey, bro, did you get popped for, uh, were you driving through with weed? Did uh, so-and-so trooper get you? And he like knew my whole case. You know, I'm like, this shit just happened. How's this kid know all this already? He's like, he gets everybody. That dog doesn't hit shit. He's all telling me all this and uh, whatever. I end up talking to him every day for a couple of days. And he's like, you give me a pack of smokes and I'll get you a, I can tell you the lawyer's name. And he's a badass. He got the biggest meth manufacturer off of Kansas. And I was like, shit, yeah, bro. How many smokes you want? I'll, you know, I'll buy them all. And uh, he gave me his name. I finally made the call. My dad, hard call, bro. I just sat for an extra couple of days. My parents had gotten back from Mexico and I knew they were going to be calling me, you know? I hadn't talked to him in weeks. So I knew, my, you know, they were probably worried and shit. And I don't want to stress them and uh, make the call. My dad's like, fucking <laughs> irate. Anyway, comes, bails me out. Um, and I tell him, I'm like, dad, I get this lawyer. He's going to get me off. And he's like, no way. You're you got caught, you know, you're not, you know, there's no way. Anyway, I make the call the next day. Lawyer's like, bring me $5,000. I'll get you off everything. I'm like, I'm on my way. 10 hour drive from Colorado to where I got, you know, one way. And then 10 hours back the next day to take him the money, get there. He tells me, you know, what he's going to do. Um, I come back for a, a hearing and we walk in and this is like a month later. It's myself, my dad, the lawyer, and then a magistrate in that state patrol. And it's like, it's not a courtroom yet. It's just a room like this. And as we're walking in, uh, the lawyer's like, what, what is this? How's my client going to get a, you know, you guys buddies sitting here talking. I want the case dismissed. And my dad's like, oh my God, this guy's crazy. You know, he's going, and he's an old man at this time for him to even be acceptable at this was, you know, pretty, I mean, he's, he's since passed away. And, uh, anyway, whatever that come back a month later, and because I'm living in San Diego, I get back on plane, go back, come back. I go to court. This is like July now, and uh, I get on the thing, and the cop tells his story. I get up and tell my story, and my cop, uh, my lawyer's like, could you leave? And he's like, no. Nah. He goes, well, look, the police is standing in front of the mirror, the rear mirror. He wouldn't let you leave. And, like, all the audio and all the video disappeared. He goes, how come every time we come to court, that video and audio disappears? I, my, you know, my client, you know. Anyway, we do all that. And then I go back to San Diego. He calls me up next day. He goes, they got till December to, to fully press you, but I guarantee it disappears. And sure enough, it did. Wow. Yeah. For that year, you know, and not much. I was like, but the weird thing is I know four of the guys that got popped within 30 minutes of that spot and none of them went through that. What do you mean? None of them? None of them had to go to court. Why? Why? The three and leave. Oh, the yeah. three and leave. Yeah they, yeah, they walked, you know, I wasn't going to, they were like, you, you know, we want the man. I was like, you got him, dog. I mean, I'm not the man, but you know, I'm not going to wrap my guys out there that are my friends, you know? Yeah. Like, What's that? You know, it's not going to, whatever. Anyway, I got it. When I got out, I had like 184 calls on my flipped up Motorola. <laughs> they didn't mess with none of my stuff. It was still sitting in the rental car. I was able to go get all my stuff and take it, you know, because I didn't, I didn't take a deal or nothing, so. Dude, that attorney's savage. Oh, he was. His son does it now, too, because somebody asked me about it, and I was like, uh, I forgot his name. He's in Russell, Kansas. I could find him. But, uh, yeah, he was a shit, bro. He was, he was the man. 
Yeah, we're going to get a lot of comments be like, wait, what's that attorney's name? I can find like, it. I, I should know it by heart, and I, I just have to Google. But his son does it now. It's the same where Bob, uh, that senator's name, Bob Dole, used to live, Russell, Kansas. Yeah. It's in that same area. But, yeah, and then uh, whatever. I got depressed, too, after that, you know. But it didn't stop me doing from what I was still doing. Did you take a break? No. No. From grow- I, wasn't, I wasn't growing, yeah. but I was still moving swag. Yeah. So but it was like, I don't know, the time was bad. Um, that's the thing is, you know, before 9-11, I knew guys that would take two, 300 pounds with a Southwest voucher, check in, put the fucking bag on the flight, not even get on the flight. Bro, pick up my bag, just sitting at the terminal bag rolling around, go up there and grab it. But then after 9-11, that's when dudes had to you know, start really driving it because they were going through bags. I mean, now, you know, obviously guys are doing 40 and 50 packs like yeah. on the reg. Yeah. New York, Jersey, Florida, whatever. I mean, you see it. I just read the news. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm just reading like whatever you, you read and see. Yeah. Tennessee. Tennessee is a hardcore state too. Um, so yeah, I mean, and then I'm, I'm there and I have to get a job. I work at uh, Mission Valley for Superior Ready Mix and I'm driving a rock truck, you know, those big rock trucks. I did it for a year and I was just like, bro, just working 55 hours a week. I'm like, this, and I'm not even making really Now money. this is in, in San Diego. This still. is in San Diego, 2000. I get the job. I don't get the job till after <laughs> I'm off the, off the thing, out of, off, the, off the trouble. I get it from 04 to 05, in like exactly 12 months. Are you just driving a truck or are you growing weed on the side? Not growing weed, just driving the truck. And I'm miserable. I'm Are like, you moving? Uh, not then, no. So I completely stopped and I'm just- So you did take a little break. Yeah, I did take that one year break. And uh, well, but not when I wasn't going to court. I was still on the flights going back and forth. Holy shit. <laughs> and then, uh, but it just wasn't, uh, the money wasn't great and the weed was shit. So anyway, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And uh, right before I quit the job, I go to Costa Rica to surf for like three weeks. And I'm like, oh, bro, this is where I need to be. So I'm like, all right. Come back, quit the job at Mission Valley, uh, and I go to Costa Rica. I, I drive my stuff to my parents in Colorado, get on a flight, and go to Costa Rica for two months. And I'm like, all right, bro, I'm going to go, set the grow back up in BB and get it going and so I can come back here and live. And uh, I get back to Virginia Beach in, in June of 05, get all my stuff out of storage unit, get a place, start growing, about nine months, and then my dad helps me buy a house. I buy a house in the hood. I mean the hood, but it's a remodel, 185,000 for this house. It's three houses down from section eight housing. The only white guy in the neighborhood, but I'm always gotten along with, I don't care, color, religion. I always just get along with people. And uh, I remember my neighbor coming, he said, man, what, what are you doing here, man? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> but like, I had a guy across the street, right? he died. He, I mean, I just bought him Heineken's on the reg. And then my neighbor always would try to borrow $20. And I just, you know, I don't have no problem. I can, yeah. you know, I pay a tax here and there. And, yeah. And so that house, I set it up and it runs from March of 06 until about, a week before my son is born in 2000. He's born right the last day of 2010. So that house runs for almost- Four years. Five. Five. Yeah, almost five years fully. And I was ready for it to be done because I knew it's time was done. You know, it's either going to get busted or robbed. I mean, if you were running a grill for five years, you're doing, you did really well. Yeah. And like back then, traditional. I mean, the biggest thing, you know, back then coming up or starting- is finding a place to grow. Yeah, that was really hard because, especially when you have to show income, you know, on paper, I'm a ghost. 
Yeah. Or, you know, the inspections or, you know, just the, the right location. Yeah. It's probably just the most difficult. It was. Smell, neighbors. That's, I always was good at like putting it like right in front of everybody, but them not knowing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm, I got neighbors everywhere and I try to be cool with everyone. And I had a concrete business. So I was a form carpenter. I learned 95 and 96, I learned to do concrete flat work. And if I do something, I try to be the best at what I can do. So I had a bobcat and a trailer and a truck and, you know, everything looked the part. So, I mean, that bobcat ended up getting stolen because I, I had it in a yard. I didn't even check on it for like four months around oh. the grass. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I had that. Um, uh, where am I at? I forgot. Now. 2010, you, you have a son. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, there was before iPhones and my boy sent me an email and I'm not checking it. And it takes me like 24 hours. And he's like, oh, bro, house got robbed. Hurry up. Come home. I see it. I'm like, oh, shit. I call him. He's like, you need to come home, bro. I call guys in the house. They're fucking ramsacking it. And I'm like, all right, bro, I'll get a flight. It takes me 23 hours to get home, get home 11 o'clock at night. They, and when they broke in, they took the meter and they stole the meter because I had like an ADT, but it wasn't set up, but it was beeping, but it was the battery. It wasn't connected to the, and I think they're young dudes because it was on week eight. They stumbled into the room and they didn't know what they stumbled on. Oh, they got lucky at week eight. But they didn't. They stole a half pound sitting there oh. and they grabbed the half pound and they left because my guy pulled in the driveway, chased him out. He cut everything down, wrapped it and hauled ass with it. But the fucking windows broken out, the, the side doors just flapping in the wind with shit. You know, if a cop would have drove by and saw it, it would have been, you know, been over. Even though he emptied it, it was still, I mean, mad ballast. And we were buying new bulbs every run and new ballast every other run. So we, uh, I come in, I, I get the door fixed. I call the city, get the thing. I go and dump all the ballast and all the bulbs. I throw everything, you know, I'm trying to get as much evidence out of there as possible. And that back, back then it was the heavy magnetic. Oh yeah. So many of them. Thousand, single ended thousand watt mm-hmm. Portalux, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What did you, what kind of wings did you have? Like the echo eco wings or did you do no, vented hoods? It was the, it was just that standard, uh, with the glass. Uh, yeah. Vintage it wasn't those big ones. Yeah. The vented hoods. Then. Yeah. But like the standard sun systems. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. That's like, it was hydro farm at the time, but then they, I don't know who, I forgot who after that, but the sun, the sun system XL. Yeah. But the sun system I, yeah, XL. I had those later, but not, yeah. not then they were the smaller ones. I forget what the hydro farm was called. I don't know, but you know, I ran sealed rooms then because, you know, I couldn't take the chance of, of like, you know, put a window unit in or a portable AC. We used the HVAC in the house. And of course, everything ran better in winter than summer. Yeah. Um, and I was running, you know, 80% off a 15 or 20 amp breaker is what you can run. So you basically can run one 1,000 in a fan or a pump. So I'm running extension cords all over the house. Were you running CO2? No. No, so you just let in the AC vent through mm-hmm. the house. Exactly. I mean, I had a close call there too. One time I pulled up my house and there's a natural gas and a cop standing in my driveway. He's like, we got to come in, make sure that we had a leak on the street. We got to come in. And at that time, the cop got a phone call and he walked away. And I was like, oh shit, bro. And I'm like, and I'm like coming through my head like, oh, my wife and kid are inside sick, bro. And I wasn't married or had a kid, but I was like, you know, and he's like, oh, I just need to test it. Like, cause if they, I didn't have a chance to clean up, you know, he'd have walked in and just seen or smelled or whatever. I don't know. I couldn't take the chance. And he was like, all right, let me just put the wand in. And he, it was cool. He left. And, uh, but that was pretty close too. you know, those small really little close. things like that. Um, yeah. And that was, yeah. So yeah, I shut that, 
grow down. That was right at 2011. But at the meantime, I'm in Costa Rica. Now I'm not coming home at all. I mean, I hadn't probably been home in six or eight months. My boy's running it 50-50 split and I pay everything out of mine, the mortgage, the power, the equipment. And he's good. He, he ran it you know, until the wheels fell off. But it also allowed me to get established in Costa Rica because anytime you move somewhere and you're new, you know. Back in the early 2000s, how are you moving weight? Was it um, small or were you moving elbows? Small, 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 because I, in between harvest, I'm only running two lights in a day and three at night offsetting. And I'm selling ounces at 350, like hotcakes, you know, back then oh, I got 350 is cheap back then. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could do four, no problem. You yeah. know, I'll take 10 quarters, you know, you know, it's a hundred a quarter all day. That's the way it was. Did you have any, um, issues moving weight as far as getting jacked or, um, no, no. I mean, the place I got robbed the most was Costa Rica. It's a third world country. So you have to, your head's on a swivel. Were you growing there? Yeah, I grew there. I had issues though. I'm, I'm saying I got robbed, you know? That's where you got robbed. You got robbed in Costa Rica. I got robbed at my house in Norfolk, Virginia, when they ran in, when they realized that we weren't living there, we were growing. Because my neighbor's house was literally, I could touch him, his, his door. Yeah. And he had, he was harboring like crackheads. And so he, you know, they were watching us come and go, you know, my guys bringing, you know, equipment in and they finally came in. But when they dumped the house, you could tell they didn't know they stole like an old PlayStation and a receiver or something. Yeah. You know, I didn't have no money there. It was, but you were growing in Costa Rica too. Yeah. And then I got to Costa Rica and I grew in Costa Rica. I mean, it's awesome, but it's, I mean, it's a sunny place for shady people. It's the home of the wanted and unwanted. I mean, People that are wanted here go there. You know what I'm saying? I've seen a lot of fucking pedophiles and coke dealers. And I met a lot of weed growers too, though. You know, I have a lot of good friends from you know, that live there as well. But that place, yeah, I had. What was it like growing weed in Costa Rica? Well, I was in Jaco, which is on the beach. Okay. It's 90% humidity, 90% heat. So yeah, it's that's hard. hard. I mean, in 08, I had one 1,000 and a 9,000 BTU and my power bill was 1,000 a month. My power bill right now on 20 flowering lights, five veg, 10 ton of air conditioning is 1100 a yeah. month. Yeah. You know, so it's, that was so expensive. And I had white flies like you wouldn't believe. I mean, you would shake it and it would get in your mouth. They were so bad and root rot. But the place to grow is in the city at like 2400. It's perfect. You know, on the way you go through, that's where they grow coffee. And it's like the perfect climate, 76 degrees. San Jose. Yeah, 60%. Atenas is really the, the spot where they're at. But yeah, the humidity and it's cooler up there. It's not as hot, mm -hmm. just a perfect climate. So, and you can get big houses up there and you can blend in. Where in Hako, anytime I, uh, that was the problem. I even watched the guys grow one time. He wasn't much of a grow, but he was out of town and he had a duplex and uh, they saw that I had come and gone out of there. And the second he got home, he got robbed. He wasn't there. They climbed over a wall because it was a duplex and they used the drop down ceiling and climbed over and they stole, it wasn't much to steal, but he was like blaming me. I remember and I was like, bro, I promise you steal your shit dog. Now with moving uh, cannabis in, in Costa Rica, just small, you know, to tourists here and delivery, there. Yeah. I'm doing delivery and I like had a, a rule. I would only sell to these people. Okay. Up until about the last two years. And then, uh, yeah, I, I let my guard down and I started selling to everyone. And that's probably what got me. But I had um, my second kid in 2012 and she died. And anytime 
anyone in your family dies, it doesn't matter if it's a newborn or it's an 80 year old, they open investigate everyone involved. And so I got a lawyer for my wife and I, and he calls me and goes, Hey bro, the, the OIHOTA, which is like their federal agents, they, op- they looked up on your thing and saw you had a charge because it wasn't off my record. I guess it takes 10 years. This was in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. This is in Costa Rica because they, 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 they investigated you and they saw that you had a charge weed 10 years ago. So now they're going to be on you. And this is, two, this is in April, 2000, no, May of 2012, right after my daughter died. And he tells me this. So I'm like, oh, fuck. And I don't take much warning to it. I just keep going and I'm moving. I'm buying a pound a day at 4,000 and I'm selling it a pound a day off delivery. Half wow. ounces, quarters, eights, you know, and I'm on my moto or on my car, just you know what I mean? And, uh, and I had, a, I had an Israeli uh, partner, real good guy. He just got out of jail last year. He did uh, six years on money laundering. You get more years for money laundering in Costa Rica than you do for murder. And murder, you're out So he got, he got busted in Costa Rica. Yeah. He got busted two guys talking about him. They didn't get him with money. They got him talking. And, uh, him talking to somebody no, else? No, two other guys talking about him. That's it? That's it. They never got him with money. But So they come in the property. This is... Uh, April, 2014, they come in 30 agents into his house. And then we had a triple uh, triplex that we were growing in. And, uh, how do you even get somebody just talking about you? That, well, he was big time, dude. He, he, I mean, weed was nothing for him. He was, there were some other things there. Yeah. Okay. He was a big time. It, it got the, the, the investigation got started by people talking. Yeah, about it. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But not the charges. He was going back and forth to Europe. Okay. You know, and he was famous for being able to, let's say, move money. Okay. You know, for different groups of people. Anyway, they, uh, they come in and, and, and so, all right, well, he, he bought this place up in, uh, just outside of San Jose at this time. And we custom built and we built a wine cellar with a hinge tile floor. And I put six, six hundreds with flood and drain in there. And it was all set up, ready to go. That morning, we're about to move all the clones up to there. And uh, they come in gangbusters on them, both properties. And the triplex, we had to grow. And there was like two pounds of Coke, a pound and a half MDMA. Jesus. More sheets of acid than they ever seen. Um, but they didn't care. All that was nothing. Money laundering carries the biggest charge. Six years, you know? And he did every fucking one of it. He's a hardcore dude. He's gnarly. I went and saw him in all the jail, but... So when he gets popped, um, I, it takes me a few days to be able to get to go see him and talk to him. And he's like, bro, don't worry. They're not after you. There's nothing in miss your name. They don't, there's nothing. You're good. But I get a phone call the next day after he gets him from another guy. He's like, hey, bro, you, uh, you should take a vacation. I always get these calls. I'm like, you should, I'm like, what the fuck can I take a vacation? He's like, what, a random guy just calls you? And I, tells no, you no it's make- a friend. Okay. And so actually he goes, come see me. So I go, I go talk to him. He's like, Hey bro, they got your phone tapped. They got you on video. They got you doing everything, bro. They want, you know, they, the Costa Rica uh-huh. authorities. Yeah. Not the police. The police are corrupt. They could be a, a robber one day and a cop the next or vice versa. You know I mean? You can buy So you're them. not worried about police. No, it's no. more federal. No, but. I got stopped 19 times in 21 days going through my car. So I knew something was up. You know what I mean? I was like, what's going on? Why am I always, you know, why are they going through my, cause they do that anyway, yeah. you know? But, um, yeah, after they, after they got him and then I got that call, I was like, ah, oh, shit. You know, I, I packed up my shit and went on 
just went on the road in Costa Rica for a while. Just broke all my phones, took the SIMS card out, went and got all no stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, and they're telling me my passport is seized up. That's where they got me. They're like, you're like, you can't leave the country. When you go to leave, we're going to, but I'm like, eh, all right. So I'm like, uh, let me get a second opinion. So I call my buddy. Actually, he's 15 minutes from here. Uh, you guys probably know him. And he didn't smoke, drink, do drugs. He had a construction company and a, a property management company. And he was well-known. He'd been there 17 years. And so I, I got him and I knew he knew some Oihota agents. And I was like, hey, bro, can you, can you check on this for me? And he goes and calls me up. He goes, you're good. And then five minutes later, he goes, no, nah, you're not good, bro. Come see me. So I'm like, all right. Come see him in Costa Rica. No, come see me like in, in person, not on the phone. Go, gotcha. So I, I drive over, I talk to him. He's like, yeah. But you're still in Costa Rica. Oh, yeah, I'm still in Costa Rica. Yeah. I haven't yeah. left. And uh, so I go talk to him. He's like, uh, they... They, they got you, your, your thing's seized up, but you can buy your way out. And I go, well, how much they want? He goes, $4,000. I'm like, cool, let me get it. You know, I go get the money. He gives it to the agent. He's like, calls me, he's like, just wait 48 hours and you can go check. So I drive down to the Panamanian border. You're supposed to leave every 90 days in Costa Rica to mm -hmm. renew your visa. You're supposed to leave for 72 hours, but I'd go stamp out of Costa Rica, stamp into Panama, wait two hours, stamp out of Panama, and then back into Costa Rica. How long were you totally in, lived in Costa Rica for how long? From like May of 07 until October of 2014. Oh, wow. So seven years. Mm -hmm. Seven years. And I would go a long time without even coming home. So, but... Yeah, after I, so I, whatever, I pay the guy and then I go down and I, uh, I check, you know, I, I stamp out and it works. I'm like, so, you know, my passport's good, you know, okay. But now I'm like, fuck, dude, I need to get out of here. It's, you know, it's not working out. And anytime I do anything, they're just going to be right back on me. So I decide to move, but I don't move until October of 2014. Yeah, October 2014, I moved back to the States, with my wife and one kid. And, and still my parents aren't really cool with it. You know, I don't really have the talk with Did them. you meet your wife in Costa Rica? Yeah, she's Colombian. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my kid was born, one of my sons was born there as well. Amazing. He's Tico. So I come back and, uh, you know, if, I, if my parents would have been cool with weed, I would have been probably a lot further along, but I've always kept this like 3,000 mile cushion where they couldn't, you know, come up on me, you know? And if they did, I'm coming home. Or, you know, I'm, I'm at this house or I got gas. You can't, you know? Yeah. So I'm always trying to like play defense, not just with neighbors and friends and, and different people, but I'm, you know, always on guard. You know, you have to be because I'm, you know, and that's, I wish I would have just taken advantage of Prop 215, but I come back in 2014, I buy a bunch of gross shit in Colorado and I go right back to Virginia Beach. That's just what I know. And I set up grow, but outdoors really affect, I mean, we started feeling the effect of uh, Cali Outdoor at the end of 2010. You know, now we're down to 250 to 300 ounce. And my boy's like, bro, it's affecting our sales, you know. All the way in 2010. That's when we started to feel it. But by now it's 2014 and it's everywhere. Every, you know, a matter of fact, some of the guys I know from Costa, I'm like, I basically like, you know what, let me bag growing for a minute and just do this <laughs> yeah. because it's everywhere. If you can't beat them, join them. Although I did run my grow there cause my boy had a duplex and he would always, anytime he had no vacancy or he had vacancy, I would just take it and grow in it. And I was, I remember at 2014 to summer of 15, I'm growing in the duplex, but on the corner is a narco cop with a dog right here. And I'm right here. And it's like, I'm using a fucking window unit and you can just smell it coming out. Even with can fans, it's just because that shit pulls the air out. And you could hear it, smell it, and I was just sketched the whole time. And 
it wasn't going good for me growing there. I got mites a couple of times and I was just having issues. So I was like, man, I'm And the there. legality of it. Yeah, you yeah. Know, at that time, you had a few states that were legal. What, Colorado legalized in 12? Was it 09? I thought it was 09. Was it? Maybe. Maybe. I can't oh, but, but full recreation, yeah, 12. Yeah, 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 yeah. Full rec. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm going back to San Diego. Let me get... Uh, kept going back, but I couldn't get a place that were just getting sucked up so fast. I was going to do the, cause my boys grow there. I still have my, two of my boys own a, um, a dispensary in La Mesa and they just opened another one. They grow in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then they were growing. And so I was like, I'm gonna go back there, but it was hard. I had my second kid on the way. I didn't have a bunch of money. And somewhere along the way, my mom's like, well, why don't you just stay here? You know, I got my, 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 my medical license. She was buying like lotions and you know, they don't smoke or nothing obviously. And so I was like, oh shit. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just stay here. You know, I know the school system's good. My parents are here. They're starting to get older. Let me just prop up here. So I, uh, you know, I first got there and I was so pumped on being a legal state. I was just like, bro, it's everywhere. You know, people are selling clones and all the San hikers. Diego. No, this is Colorado, Colorado. Springs. Okay, Colorado. Because I couldn't, I couldn't find a place in San Diego. I didn't have the money, you know, I didn't have yeah. 30 or 40 K to put down and yeah, start off. Yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't pull it off. And so I just ended up settling back in Colorado Springs parents are cool with it. Um, but then I realized that, you know, not everybody has the same drive or passion. They're just kind of making money off of it, selling, you know, infected clones and shitty rental deals and trying to overtax you and all this. And nobody cares about quality. No. And at this time, you know, you can still move. I mean, it used to be, if it was just bud, it was, you know, go, it doesn't even need a name yeah. still, you know, at that time. And so I, I get a place in Pueblo. I just bite off more than I can chew. It's like an hour drive each way. And I'm, I'm, I'm sharing a wall in a commercial spot with these Cubans and they're blasting their weed with three and one every other day, all the way up to week eight. And the russet mice are just coming through the wall, eating me alive. I'm just like, fuck bro. And it took me probably four months to realize I had russet mites. I didn't, I couldn't see them. Yeah, eye, you can't see them. My eyes are shit. And that too from HPS is just burnt. I've never worn any protection over years and years and just you know, trimming in the room with the lights and being in the room. And cause I keep getting kept, uh, checked for glaucoma, but it has something to do with like shading in your eyes mm-hmm. where I, I, mean, I have to use a flashlight just to see the menu. 30, what? 30 years of HPS exposure yeah. or and 25. Cause you're using CFLs the first. Yeah. And uh, then LEDs. I mean, I, you're, I think you're supposed to use protection too. And I still yeah. don't, you know, I got 20 lights in a 400 square foot room. It's bright as shit on a hundred percent, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I couldn't see that with the russet mites and I got in that bad deal and, uh, outdoor and it was 2016 to 2017. The price got real low. Yeah. I remember that it was, uh, end of 2017. Cause I was still doing really well in beginning of 17. Yeah. Yep. And I shut that grow down. I was having issues with the landlord and, and this guy, he was, he ended up being a real bad dude, but whatever. And I was like, you know what, let me get, I had guys that were in uh, Chico, Paradise, Cave Junction, Grants Pass. So I was like, let me get up there, see, you know, get boxes. Fuck it. Can't beat them, join them. So start doing that outdoor thing and- uh, Moving boxes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and again, dude, I'm dealing with some cats that are just in it for the money. They're not, they don't have the passion. They're just growing it and they're drying this shit. Bro, I'm up there. I remember being up there in, at Paradise and they got it on the third floor. It's a hundred degrees with a box fan. They got all the weed hanging, power Ugh. dried in 48 hours. Just hay. Just, yeah, you know, fuck it, fucked it all locking up. Locking that chlorophyll in there. 
but whatever, you know, I mean, I remember even I think it was paying 1800 a pound then at that time. And, uh, so, uh, I, 1800 a pound in 2017 for outdoor. Yeah. I remember buying them fresh at that, you know, I would yeah. do, it, at first I was only doing like, you know, five, 10, 15, just on my own budget. Boom. Get on the plane. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. I'm back and forth coming out of Portland, coming out of SAC, wherever back to the East coast. And then I, uh, I did that until fucking, so I, I get, I buy, finally buy a place in 2018. And that's when, how I, are you, how are you, uh, sh- were you doing freight or are you doing plane or not plane, not plane mm-hmm. freight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Freight freight. is the only way. Yeah. Cause you could, you, you know, you could ship a box on mm-hmm. a pallet and, you know, show up to a logistics center, drop off the pallet and off it goes. Yeah, I used to always want to use those pod things. I was like, I'm going to put a bunch of furniture and then stack the middle of it with the pod. Yeah, I heard about <laughs> guys using those. Did yep. you ever use those? Or No, I always wanted to, but I was like, Fuck, it's, it's going to take too long. It's going to heat up in there. Yeah. You know, yep. so I was like, man, I don't want to do that. And so then, you did pallets? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pallets were the way. And then I got to the point where uh, they were they were, they were were doing transportation. So I started doing more and more weight, you know, 100, 200 pounds. And they were just bringing it in the car, you know, driving, driving. And I had a close call to two one time. So I'm going to meet them in Northern Virginia. And, uh, I got the money. I got like 150 K on me. I'm going to pay for that and pick up another box. And I get, I'm I'm probably 45 minutes out from the Airbnb. And I get a call like, Hey bro, turn around. Don't go, don't go. The old people got popped on the way in like Missouri. They were like in their eighties driving, driving and they ratted 200 elbows. It, oh, at least. Yeah. Yeah. It might've been more. And they, they ratted. And, uh, so they were waiting, you know, all the feds were at the Airbnb and they got the main dude, you know, but luckily I got that call, you know? Yeah. But they knew because I had the money. If I had not had their money, they would have been like, you know, probably putting me in the arms, arms way. But when I had that much money, they're like, Fuck, bro, that's, they need that. Yeah. <laughs> that's one thing I never, like, I've never done anyone wrong to this day. And I've been doing this since 1986 when I brought my first ounce and broke it down. Respect. Yeah. The, I have some cats that, you know, are still my homies today that always just stayed true through the game, even though I'm not in the game anymore. As far as that side, (laughs) um, you know, we're still homies. We'll still go out to dinner, hang out brokers that, that I'm still friends with just out of respect. Cause the the loyalty and honesty and integrity definitely doesn't go unnoticed. Right. You know, cause it's, it's easy to be cool when things are good, mm-hmm. but when things go South, you know, shit falls apart and you know, either people narc on you or you get jacked or whatever goes down. It's everything's easy when, when everything's good. So yeah, you, know, you really learn who people are when things get tough. Yeah, you do. I mean, almost all my boys owe me money, but it's all good. I don't, you yeah. know, what, you know it's, it is what it is. Yeah. I paid my debts, but it's, it's okay. I don't, I can make more money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I still, I've always looked at it. I just, it is what it is. Yeah. With, um, with what you have going on now, you have a 20 lighter in Colorado that you run. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So 2018, I get a house and I buy the house like for this basement room 
it's unfinished. And I, my man. Yeah. That's yeah. I bought the house because the basement. It's it's fucked up. But yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, and I put my six light. First, I I, I buy the. This is two thousand September eleven two thousand eighteen. I close on the house. I order fluence, the two eyes I believe, or two of those, and uh, flood and drain. No, not flood and drain. I'm doing top feed then, and uh, so. You know, I started out with two, and then like January of that year, I think Avita came out with their LED. I bought two of those. Um, I mean, I end up with six lights in there, but okay, I'm only running four. Oh, and then I get the Fluence rails or whatever those were, those bars. I had a couple of those, and then Lux came out at what t- January 2020 because I order it at MJ and Bizcon. Uh, the the LED did. Yeah, yeah. At 2019, I ordered at MJ Bizcon. I prepaid there. And it came out, I think, yeah, like January or February that year. And I got one and I got another one. So now I got six lights in that house and it's doing, you know, it's doing numbers. It's doing like two and a half off those fluences and then even three off the Lux at the time. And you're using 600 watts to pull three yeah, pounds. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, that the, the numbers start changing at that point, mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have, oh no. And so I, uh, another person after the grow Bible, like I wasn't on the, I wasn't on those, um, like THC farmer, IC mag. I, I mean, I went back in like 2013 or even now, I, if you go back and look and look at Jack, uh, Ivan's Jack may offers, you could still use his stuff. He's using, you know, uh, cocoa beds, heavy 16 with Apatis. I mean, he put so much information out there when you go back and look. I mean, and there's there's guys still running that way to this day. And he put out so much information besides the high times, the grow Bible. Did you, and follow, him. Did you follow Ivan on THC Farmer? Mm-mm, but no. now you go back I and mean, you, you know, can see. Five or six years ago, I went back and looked. But no, my boy would tell me about it in San Diego. But I wasn't willing to worse, you know, put my IP address out of Norfolk, Virginia on there. I just, yeah, I'm not that smart. I don't know if they could track it or. It just wasn't worth it, you know? So, yeah, he was, I mean, and, and back, I got on Instagram in 2016, and he used to share a lot, that two nodes and flip, and, you know, even like back before that when I was using Octobubbers, he was like, oh, take the washer out, you get a better flow rate, and, you know, he put so much little detail in his in his things, I was like, damn, dude, this guy's fucking, he's the shit, bro, you know? He, he, so much information, it's still relevant today, you know, you can use it, but, uh, I forgot where I'm at now, but yeah, so I have that six lighter and, uh, and everything's running good, you know, and we were at, I was at 2,400 a pound up until April of 2021. Wow. You know, I'm still, that's solid. Yeah. And so I take on the 20 lighter, but I take on a partner, you know, I'm giving him 10% and 2,500 a month on a, on a $300,000, 3,000 square foot house. And, uh, so, you know, we're going along, but when it made the deal, it was at 2,400, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, now it's different. Now we're at, you know, at yeah. 14 or whatever, you know? Yeah. I can't yeah. bust it away anyway, but. Now you're you're cultivating in cocoa. What size pots are you using? I'm not in cocoa anymore. Oh, really? No, I'm in Grodan. We're in, everything's in Grodan right now, what, except our moms. What do you, what do you like, what do you like better about Grodan? The cleanup. Yeah. You know, but it's more expensive. It's twice as much for me to run in cocoa. I mean, in, in Grodan, yeah. and it's not as forgiving, not as forgiving at all. You know, cocoa is much more forgiving. It's like doing weeds with a, tri- you know, with fucking extra things on the back to help you stand. Tricycle, up. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, yeah. 
So I'm a yeah, I like cook. I like my tries. I like my training wheels. The best, I have no problem with it. I mean, before I was just vegging in four inch uh, rock wheels and just bury it in cocoa and. Yep. I transplant on day one of flower and just that first 20 days is in a vegetative state. The roots are developing and they take off and go. Yeah. Cocoa, you know, I use a lot of different medias. I use sphagnum peat moss. They've used, um, rock wood and hydroton with flood and drain, ebb and flow. Um, you know, BX pro mix, uh, sunshine number four, you know, ocean forest, happy frog, all, all, all of it. But <laughs> Cocoa, I just like it because it's so, at least my, the cocoa where I buy it, so consistent. It's inert, it's inexpensive, and, you know, it, it's more forgiving. Mm-hmm. And so I found a sweet spot because I, I spent like a few years trying to lock down like the perfect media and the perfect size pot for, for me, right? right. And to each his own. But it was like this 1.7 gallon square pot with straight cocoa. Um, and we just transplant the clone right into that. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're transplanting once similar to rock wool in a six by six. And you make sure to hit it with cleanse because cleanse is going to increase ORP, increase oxygen in the root zone, kind of prevent that water log out on the roots. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. in cocoa you used to, water that initial watering on a clone and it kind of stays stagnant the the root the the clone doesn't take off Mm-mm. have you ever, yeah you and it dries from the bottom up sometimes yeah. where it doesn't just take yeah for sure so we just kind of found that sweet spot and i'm just i'm stuck on it it's just it's like it's like gh3 part back in the day nobody gets off of it that's like me on you know, straight cocoa. Um, cocoa yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like during COVID cocoa, I don't know what happened, but there's more f- fungus gnats in there than ever. I don't know. Uh-huh. I use, I use playground, no perlite, just straight playground when we do use it. And we're still using it for our moms and when we pop seeds or whatever, but we've, everything right now we were on, this last run, we're on four inch on top of slabs. And that was hard because uh, we don't, you know, those lux are hard to um, veg under. You got uh, Lux LEDs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, you have to have them pretty high and the PPFD pretty low. And sometimes they just, they don't want to take, I don't know. We've had issues, but we do all right. I mean, I don't, it's not a perfect, it's not a home run every time, you know? So now you're doing four inch on slabs. Yeah. But now this run right now, he's, he's transplanting right now. I'm just going six inch, six inch by six inch Q, uh, Grodans. And we're going to flower in that. We'll veg for a week and flip them to veg maybe two weeks flip. How many uh, plants are you doing per square foot or how's your layout? Uh, it, we were doing 12 plants a light. Now we're at like 15. With Grodan, you see, I mean, with Rockwell, it seems like you can, you can so put you're doing more. 12 plants a light, but... Um, I'm doing 80, 80 a row. I have five lights on a 20 foot bench and now we're going to 80. You have a four foot wide mm-hmm. tray mm-hmm. and you're doing... 20 foot long. Four across. Uh, we were doing three, okay. you were doing three. three at 12 or no, th- whatever it was 60, but with Grodan, you can seem, it seems like you can fit more. I had a lot of gaps in the canopy this last time. So, it, you know, and I don't, I don't top. I've always just single stalk crowd the room. <laughs> yes. So it, three o'clock, three, three plants across on a four foot bench. Yeah. And then like stack, we put like offsetting ones in there to fit them, you know, yeah. any gaps. Yeah. But it's not necessarily four wide. So about like, it'd be one, like three, two, three, two, three, two. 
gotcha. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that. And that's, I think that's what we're going to run now. But my room, like, you're supposed to have 17 and a half inches on center for those benches that roll. I have like eight. Like if someone else were to set this room up, they would probably have 12 lights in just, you know, in 15 foot of bench, or 15, three 15 foots. But I, you know, I, yeah. I crowded it. I just barely get well, you're through not top, Well, you're not topping either. Yeah. Yeah. We don't top. Um, so we run like that. So um, about like one, po- one plant per 1.3, 1.2 square feet about a crop. We, we average it. Yeah. And we average about four ounces of bud per plant. That's, that's pretty good. What's, uh, what's interesting when, uh, I started following you, I've never seen anybody, any grower get the LEDs so close to the plants that, that you have, like you have the LEDs literally touching the tops of your plants. They're growing in between. Yeah. Well, it's uh, over vegged and, you know, short ceilings. One of my ceilings is like seven eleven, The other one's nine, two. So, you mean you're kind of stuck there? Yeah, I'm stuck, but also like a lot of that was Mac One, and Mac One is forgiving. You can give it everything, mad PPFD, high EC, and it goes. You know, so just, just ge- genetic dependent. Yeah, because if I try that with like the white truffle, that thing just fucking those poly Burns. those poly hybrids just start to foxtail and just produce all these small buds. So now, if you look, my lights are right where they need to be. Yeah, they're up high. They're what? Up. How? How? Like how high do you keep it off the canopy? I'd say around 21 inches Okay, at a hundred percent on LEDs mm-hmm. right on if I can. But once, you know, I'm, I'm using zip ties sometimes at the very top of the Unistrut and I'm still, you know, like, uh, we have that Surebanger 22 right now. It wants to go 73, 80 days. It did a four week stretch. It, I put it in at 12 inches. The thing's like five. Did and a half four week t- stretch? Four week, 28 days of stretching. I mean, I have my rainbow belts to, Two uh, twenty, my my Woody and my Zittles, they're done at seven weeks. I mean, if I leave them on the grill any longer, they're gonna just I'm just gonna have bud rot. Yeah. You know, and we do get some we were getting some bud rot, maybe in, in 40, 50 pounds, we get like a half ounce. Of bud rot. Were yeah. you flushing at all? Yeah, but you know, I flush with CalMag and cleanse, obviously. Yeah. But how know? long? And I would taper, I would use PK. Uh, the last two weeks and then the last 48 hours, we'll hit it hard. We just cleanse. Okay. You know, so it, two weeks of just CalMag. No, 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 no. Oh. I'm using PK. Actually, I was, I was running like a one eight. Oh, one eight EC. Yeah. And start to taper down. And then the last two weeks, but now we're using fade and, uh, PK booster cleansing CalMag. Now you're using blended line mm-hmm. fade. Mm-hmm. Um, we're testing that at jungle boys right now. And how are you using it? How, how has our team told you to, to, um, to J- run it? JJ said uh, six mil fade, six mil PK, and then I think I'm running four mil CalMag, two mil cleanse. And but I, you're, you're, you're throwing the CalMag in on your own though. Yeah. 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 I probably use too much CalMag sometimes, obviously. But yeah. Well, you, you, you love CalMag. I mean, you're, <laughs> your little, your feed chart that you did was like 10 mLs of CalMag. Do you still using that? No, no, no. Cause four, that's a lot. I was like, four wow. max six. Yeah. It just depends on what, four to six now. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes just two. And I have uh, a dilution solution in both of my, I have Editrons, same thing. Jungle yeah. Bush you and Chris are boys. Yep, and yeah. Wally as well. Nice. Yeah, we uh, those guys hooked me up, and uh, so the Editrons are awesome. 
You like them? Yeah. Yeah. My, I mean, if, if you saw my 20 lighter, it's crazy. It's, you know, my shit's in the kitchen. I mean, it sounds like a sick 20 lighter to have a dilution solutions and an Editron dosing system. Yeah, I mean, the breakfast bars here, the refrigerator, the dishwasher and three 100 gallon tanks with the Editron system. Like it's. And you're doing batch tank fertigation? No. You're doing direct. Mm-hmm. Wow. Direct. Has it been difficult with direct inject instead of batch tank to kind of dial in your irrigation strategy with your emitters or you, your flow is perfect? Uh, my flow is perfect, but we do, we definitely have issues, you know, finding out the, the P1 to P2 to P3 and how we water. I have a really good guy that works with me. Um, he's been with me for like a year and a half and he runs that. He's, he's, he's head grower, head security, head trimmer, head, yeah, you know he's what I mean? head maintenance, yeah. head, he's everything. <laughs> nice. You know, and I got him through IG. It's like, you know, I was always reluctant, like, fuck, I don't know if I don't really know this guy, you know, but shit, bro. Well, you're back in the 91s. So, I mean, you've become accustomed to living under the radar and all these situations. So, and I'm in meth land, by the way. I'm it, like, the county I live in is supposed to be the biggest manufacturer of meth in the county, the sheriff said. Every, like, once every three weeks, I mean, I'm on dirt roads, but you look and they'll be, they'll be up there zooting up, like suiting up with the fucking, all their shit, all the feds. And I'm like, bro, I hope it's not, you know what I mean? But they're yeah. out there getting that fentanyl, that meth, which fucking go good. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Get them out of there. Um, but coming from doing it for so long and yeah, I have trust you, issues for yeah, sure. You got mad trust issues. But this guy came to me, he's a lot younger and he kept hitting me up, hitting me up. And you know, at first he wanted to smoke the weed and I, you know, I gave him weed and then He's like, oh, you need help. You know, I want to work. And I, ch- I tra- he trimmed for me a couple of times. And then this opportunity came because I needed someone. You know, I got kids and stuff. So I can't just, you know, yeah. even though I do spend more time with my plants than I do with my kids probably. But, yeah. And, uh, but also it's come full circle. I, I spent my whole life hiding from my parents and now I hide it from my kids. <laughs> Which, you know, my 12 year old, six year old are like, bro, you smell like plants. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's class. <laughs> um, how are you like, how, how many weeks have you been running fade with blended line? This is our first run. We're at two and a half weeks. Okay. That How's it looking? Oh, it's fading. Perfect. Is it? Yeah. Are you seeing a significant difference? As in, as, as in no fade with, I mean, it's, those buds are getting dark and even before we started to freeze the room out. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, I, at week seven, seven and a half, I'll put that light to 11 and 13 and that would finish it too. It's just like fall, you got 11 lights on, 13 off. Oh, so you change your light cycles. Yeah. And a matter of fact, last run at my six lighter. So you give it less light. Yeah. I I ran the whole run 11 and 13 and everything finished in seven weeks because I had a bunch of seeds, new clones. I just wanted to test and see how it was. The canopy was all off. So I just wanted to run it and finish it. Everything finished in seven weeks, full, like finish, finish, but like the buds were just smaller. Well, 11 hours on, 13 hours off, that's going to affect your total DLI. Yeah, um, 100%. And then that'll affect your yield because mm-hmm. the just, plants aren't getting the same DLI. But like uh, I ran a bunch of moon glows from Archive and they came out fire and had size. And so it's like, fuck, if we run these right, they're going to really be awesome, you know? Yeah, it, genetic dependent. Yeah. So I remember back in the day when I was doing a lot of greenhouse, we were we would, in winter, we would save up all the cookies the cookie, the, the original cookies cut. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, for, we got it from SF originally. Mm-hmm. And we would just run that in our greenhouses during winter because the, the cookies cut w- did great under low light. Good yield. I mean, for cookies, cookies was always a low yielder, right? right? Yeah. So, but for the cookies cut, we were getting 
same yields as in summer. So we would just run cookies during the winter because it liked the low light for some reason. Right. And some so, do. Yeah. yeah. So, so same thing. You're giving it low DLI, but you're getting great yields on that genetic. I mean, that Ganny I have, I ran like three lights of it the time before last and I stripped it. But the original Ganny. Yeah, that original Ganny. The old, the 1990, early 90s Ganny. Yeah, and I, I only strip on day 20 now because usually when we put in the plants aren't very big to begin with, and I just don't want to take that, all that out of it. So I stripped it, and dude, it acted like corn. It just started to protect itself. It was too close to the light. It started throwing these random single leaves, and it didn't really finish. I just turned everything into concentrate. But yeah, it acted real weird. And then I do like look around and they're like, bro, you don't want to give those old, those old indicas like that, anything above a 600. And it was like a nine six hundred PFD. Yeah. It was like a 950. It was just, it was just trying to protect itself. Wow. You know, it was like from cousin it, it just threw all these random single leaves all over trying to protect itself because the light was just too intense. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And we grow like 12 different strands and a 20 lighter, which it affects the yield too. Well, you it's know. difficult to do that. Yeah, it is. But you know, it's, it's okay. Cause with the way the market is now, anyway, you got to have I'm a variety, about, you know, qu- quality over quantity anyway, I'd rather take 35 pounds of fire than 50 pounds of subpar. Yeah. You, know. you, you started using Athena right when we dropped. Right. 2019 before the MJ BizCon, I was using it. I saw that you guys had that mixed blended and I was trying to get off GHP anyway. What were you on? General hydroponics. Gen- oh, three part? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm using 16 parts though, because I'm using other carbs and sugars and cow yeah. and, and, yeah, yeah. and, and if I had ran that now, my drippers would be so clogged. Oh, it'd be, yeah. it'd be a mess, you know? I, now I barely, I go through, I, I change my last two mixing chambers, I clean them, I clean my filters on the line, and we're good to go. Yeah. I'm no. using 0.5s when I should be using 0.3s with Rockwool. With Rockwool, yeah. 0.5s are good for cocoa. Yeah, and but I'm just not 100% we're staying with cocoa or with Rockwool. You know, like when this run comes down, if if it doesn't taste the way it should taste and smoke, then I'll go back to cocoa. So or, you could be going back to cocoa. Yeah, I mean, nothing's, you know, because it cost me like, I think 12 or 1300 in Rockwool and it only cost me five or six in cocoa. Yeah, come back. Come back to this side. Come back to the cocoa. Yeah, it's just the only thing is like, you know, cocoa dries out and then it's in my filters and it's in my fans and it's, you know, you don't really see it. But when I go to change, I do see it. Whereas I don't have that with Rockwool. Yeah. Yeah. My dehumidifiers, you know, I'm a little undergone to my dehues, but what I do is though I cut my seven week stuff down and that takes away five lights, you know? Okay. So now they can keep up because like Roach was saying, you need like... 550 pints per light. When coming from like the GH3 part and all the additives and all the stuff and going to Athena Blended, did you see a significant in, impact in quality or yield? Oh, yeah. And, and it's so much cleaner. It's, but did you see a negative effects? Because you're using multiple bottles and then now you're only using, what, five? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, for sure. I, I mean, my max got better. The they yield, got bigger. The yield got better. The, the quality of the product I thought was better. Um, and of course, you know, clean up. I didn't, wasn't cleaning my res like I had been prior. What, um, what was, what was the significant, just clean, consistent? Yeah. All of that. And plus five parts. I mean, I'm yeah, not mixing yeah. 12 parts. It's like, shh. have you ever ran ProLine? No, I haven't. No. I, you know, back, you know, whatever Jungle Boys, like when they were on Veg Bloom, I tried that, but. 
I always had issues with granular, like mixing and staying consistent. But if, if I was running anything to scale, I would use the ProLine. Yeah, scale cultivation. No problem. For sure. We're doing, um, like I said, we're doing blended right now. And the guys are like, blended's crushing. Like <laughs> They love it. And it's it's crazy to see, you know, two lines that that are really incredible. I mean, the, the pro line's a, a really great powder line, but then the liquid line crushes as well. It's, they do. it's interesting to see what you can do when you put some R and D into, into something. Yeah. That was this Chris Durant. Yeah. 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 Stuff's the bomb. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a savage. Yeah. It's, it's really good, you know, cause I've always just felt comfortable liquid salts, you know, using GHP the whole time. Yeah. It was just, and when I saw it, when you guys came out, I was like, Oh, I'm definitely going to this. You know, right away. As soon the as liquid? The, yeah. Yeah. So I, th- well, I don't know when it came out, like August of 2019 yep. or yeah. September. As soon as it came we out. We dropped the liquid line before we dropped the powder line. Mm. Yeah, We're still so. working on it. Yeah, so you're then, like one of our first customers or, you know, right in the beginning. Right. Yeah. And when I saw Ivan, you know, if he was doing it, I was like, shit must be fire. So let me, let me try this stuff. Yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. Wait, so you got an Instagram back when, when did you get your Instagram 2016 I think yeah so that was how was that first few posts of I mean, posts in your room felt like I'm dry snitching on myself you know I'm building <laughs> yeah. a case like here look at this you're not here and all these dates and then we count the pounds and the years but I mean I feel better now you know it's yeah. not like I got used to it or whatever plus it's shadow banned my account's like is it shadow banned yeah it has to be I mean I you know I I would get 5,000 on a on the storyline sometimes and now I get maybe like 1112. Let me see. But you have to punch out. in my whole my whole IG to get it to come up. But you no, know No, you're not shadow banned. No? No, you're good. No, you're good. I was with a guy the other day and he had to punch in the whole thing. My backup one comes up before my other one. No, you popped up. Yeah, you popped right up. That's but at cool. least for me. So. I, you know, it's weird. It depends where I am too. If I'm in Miami, it comes up different as opposed, you know, my, it'll get more views as opposed to if I'm in the same spot in Colorado. No, nice. Yeah. So you have a dilution solution on a 20 lighter. Dude. That's sick. I have it on a six lighter in my house. That's right. I wake up at six fifty, think, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> How, so even I sent you, uh, the, the new, um, reset foamer. Oh, dude, that thing's the shit. You like it? Oh, my God. That's what, I'm a master cleaner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bleach boy fucking. What we do is try and clean, keep everything sterile. But that thing is... Bro, just, Simple. I blast everything. The roof, the walls, the floor, the yeah. tables. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's not worth it. We we started using it in our spot, and it helped uh, our fell rate on our on our product significantly because we were felling for aspergillus and, um, for, in the state of Nevada. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was coming, I think it was coming from the drains and you don't really realize how much shits around those drains. Exactly. So what we did is they have a drain connection and you put this, you slide this pole into your drain and it completely fills up your drain with this foam and it just kills everything. But those drains were probably not cleaning those drains like that was probably costing the business tens of thousands of dollars per month. It's just literally just got to clean the drains. Do you have to fail that batch if it fails? I mean, do you have yes. to throw it? Uh, you can you can sell it. You can extract it. Um, in like, Colorado, they just turn around and send another sample back in. They're not going to throw that batch away. I mean. Oh, really? Oh, it's, yeah. it's crazy. The, I mean, then those guys are falling by the wayside too. You know, you can't keep with that shit. 
that SOP of, you know, they're not changing the way they've been growing. They got mold, they got mites. Because I have my installers, my HVAC guys, they do the license facilities as well. And they're like, bro, these guys are so-and-so, I wouldn't smoke nothing out of their facility. You know? Because how dirty it is? Uh, gnarly. Yeah. P- I mean, they put top five companies, I'm not going to say them, but dude, I know their weed's crap. I mean, my guy came into town, before he got to me, he went by and bought two grams. He brought it to my house. It is the worst smelling stuff. It smells like asbestos. Yeah, the, the scale cultivation is not always where it's at. Bigger is not necessarily better. You but, know? Yeah, I know. You're kind of seeing that happen in Colorado. I had my boy come down and uh, he was one of the founders of Arroya. Um, do you remember Arroya? It was a publicly traded, huge cannabis company. They were competing with uh, Canopy Growth mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. And he came from that side. But now the same guy that's like one of the founders of Arroya has 120 like craft grow that he's running in Canada licensed all above board and um, is now just selling small batch craft cannabis in Canada and having great success because the quality and when you're growing, you know, tens of hundreds of thousands of square feet of cannabis, it's just, it's extremely hard to maintain quality. Extremely. Right. Yeah. I figured like I could up to like 20,000 square foot. I could, I could manage it to a top shelf standard. After yeah. that, it would probably lose control. And especially with a skeleton crew other than trimmers and defoliators, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's what Jungle Boys do. Uh, yeah, that's about... They the, run a skeleton crew, except they're... They have several locations that are about that size. Right. You know, yeah. Some 50,000, but they run a lean crew for sure. Extremely mm. lean, but efficient. Yeah, everything's automated and... Yeah. Yeah, the way it should be. Yeah. But yeah, automation's been... Lifesaver, time saver. I had my guy hand watering all day. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, what brought you out to Cali? Uh, I'd see some friends. My sister actually lives here. Nice. I haven't seen her in a minute. Nice. Yeah. Right on. It was just south of Temecula. So. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sick. Well, cool, brother. I appreciate, uh, appreciate you making the trip out. I really enjoyed your story. Thanks it's, for having me, man. Appreciate it. And nah. everything you do for me and, you know, all your guys, you know, JJ to... To Brian, to, to, you know, all the guys, you know, all have been super cool and, you know, always helpful and nice. And that's one thing you hired, like, amazing crew, you know? Yeah. Well, it's cool. We hired all growers. Yeah. I think a lot of uh, maybe nutrient companies or companies in general hire, like, salespeople or maybe, you know, we just hire growers. Like, all, all yeah. of our guys are growers. It's going to be a lot harder to teach a sales guy how to grow weed. Yeah. Then it's going to be to teach a grower how to kind of work with customers and, and sell a product. Right. They're so, just about the bottom line of selling more than yeah. growing. So yeah, for sure. Definitely. You know, the other day on that podcast you did, and uh, I forgot which one, but the, you were like, I don't want people to fail. You were like, you know, I don't want people to go through what I did, but it's like, you kind of have to fail. To, to, to make, to build character, to build you as a grower so you can learn if it's just all roses the whole way and you don't have any fails, you don't have PM or mites or rust. You know what I mean? If you don't have that, then you kind of don't know. You just all grow. It's easy, bro. Yeah. You know, it's a nothing thing. So it's like, you kind of have to have those ups and downs just as, as a learning curve as a grower, you know? Yeah. I remember back on some spots that I would, you know, have or build, yeah, I'd be, I'd be either up or down or losing money, 
But if I was, if I was losing money, I was just like, you know what? I'm learning a lot right now. Right. You know, on this spot, I'm, I'm losing money on this spot right now, but, but I'm learning a ton. You were going big too though, huh? Yeah, I was going a little too big. (laughs) You never went small. You're just right (laughs) out the gate big. No. Yeah. Yeah. I was a greenhouse guy. So I had like seven greenhouses in Southern California on all kinds of properties from Anza to Awanga, um, in up in uh, Feeland, San mm-hmm. Diego, down in Fallbrook, I had some spots and just like had this like crew of trimmers that people would, all my growers would grow and then they'd bring it to this one central location and they'd get it trimmed and packaged and then out to like my old brokers and stuff like that. Right. And you using all kinds of different nutrient lines and different processes. But once I got Athena Pro line or that, that you, when we were, when we were formulating it, and using that, using a two bag, two bags, and I'm, just, we're crushing, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is it. Right. But like now we're really going. Um, it was fun. Now I learned a lot, and, but, uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting time. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go through all that shit. Yeah. To realize. Yeah, just so you can learn. Yeah, it's definitely a learning process. Yeah. It's not sure. always easy. <laughs> no, definitely. Well, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, definitely. All right. All right, buddy.